0: Welcome back to an episode of Atlantic Zone Coverage. All things coverage on the Canadian Football League, but more importantly and more specifically, anything associated with the potential expansion franchise in Atlanta, Canada, the Atlantic Schooners. Okay, so it's been almost it's been over four years since we last released an episode. I don't even think you can find any of our previous episodes online anymore. But uh, it's it's so exciting to be back. Clearly, we went away when we lost hope um, around the expansion team. COVID didn't help, but we're back. It's been five years, and yeah, there's definitely hope uh, on the horizon for this expansion team. And so it's time to you know it's time to come back and to uh, just show the CFL community all across Canada. Um, that you know, there's fans here that will support and are you know very interested in a team in Atlantic Canada, wherever that may be. So this episode here, this first episode back, is just going to be touching on Touchdown Atlantic. You know, it's it's been two weeks since we last uh, or since Touchdown Atlantic, and uh, so I have my good buddy Andrew coming on. We'll be discussing uh, what happened. Uh, at the game our thoughts on the setup and you know maybe some improvements that they can do for uh, any any uh, touchdown atlantics in the future so um, yeah uh, we'll get into some uh, some discussions on stadiums potential owners uh, and anything we can think of down the line but this is just going to be finally catching up on the touchdown atlantic 2023 in Halifax. Uh, so yeah, uh, stick around and enjoy the episode. Don't you want a little taste of the glory? See what it tastes like.
1: Joining me now on Atlantic Zone coverage is my good friend Andrew. So uh, thanks for Andrew for coming on and uh, chatting with us today.
2: Thanks for having me. Happy to be, happy to be here.
1: All right, so I'll, I'll let the, the listeners know. So Andrew. Uh, for the majority of his life, probably been, I don't know if there's been majority of your life that you've been a diehard Bills fan specifically, but you're, I would say maybe uh, over the course of your life, most so focused on the NFL. Would that be, you know, correct?
2: Yeah, I, I think I've now, I think I'm at an age now where it has been the majority of my life, a uh, diehard Bills fan, yeah.
1: So yeah, if you just want to maybe touch, uh, touch base on, uh, what your previous experience has been with the CFL and kind of maybe let's go, what your outside perspective is on the CFL coming from, you know, more of a NFL fan base looking in.
2: Sure. Uh, I will will start off and admit that I'm definitely a CFL casual. Um, I've watched the Grey Cup occasionally. Uh, I'll watch regular season games now and then, but not very often. Uh, I understand the rules mostly from, because they're similar to, you know, college, Canadian college football or um, high school, Uh, but that's about it. Most of the players I know are players that were former Bills players um, or NFL players. Um, But other than that, I don't follow it very closely. So I'm probably uh, the average fan that was at the Touchdown Atlantic event, I would think.
1: So I'll, t- I'll take some credit for uh, peer pressuring you, peer pressuring you into uh, uh, exposing me to a little bit more CFL stuff. Um, yeah, so I
2: mean, it that's a humble total- hasn't totally worked so far, but uh, I'm getting hey, I'm getting more into it. I will admit, yeah, baby steps. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, that
1: baby steps. <laughs> Okay, so touchdown Atlantic event this year, 2023 at St. Mary's. Uh, what were your overall impressions before the event? about them hosting it at St. Mary's University.
2: Uh, yeah, when I heard it was at St. Mary's, I was a little bit, a little bit concerned because I know St. Mary's uh, doesn't have a whole lot of parking. I was worried it might be difficult to get in or out of. Um, I wasn't sure, you know, how they'd accommodate all all of the people. Um, that was kind of, those were my main concerns at first, but, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it in more detail, but I had a great time. I thought it thought the event went, went well would have been nice if we had a little bit more like lead up to the event it seemed like this event kind of came quietly um i don't know if that was in part to some of the the weather in the area we've had before but uh it did seem like the game kind of just just came out of nowhere and then was gone as quickly as it came but the game itself was fun it was a good event yeah i totally agree with you um any kind of
1: promotion of the event um kind of went by the wayside here locally um i thought that was i mean the event sold out so maybe they weren't really concerned with you know hyping up the area about the event but still i think that you're here you want to get a team here you know advertise yourself to the local people make them feel like hey i'm missing out on this fun experience at in atlantic um yeah but uh, yeah so you you came in at a different time uh we came in at the tailgate you guys came in at, once the gates open at 3:30. so um, getting through um, security at gate three kind of after a lot of people came in already. How was, how was that process for you guys?
2: Yeah. Like you said, we came, we showed up probably about 15 minutes after the the, the regular gates open. Um, and it was fine. We came in, we came in, uh, we waited in line about 10 minutes, uh, got through security with no issues. At that, that it might've, gotten busy before, because or later on, I mean, because there was only uh, two security guards and two people checking tickets at that particular gate. Um, but at the time we got there, it was fine. It's kind of the more secluded of the three gates. Uh, it's not where any of the public transportation drops people off. It's kind of out of the way. So maybe that's why it wasn't as big of a gate. Um, but maybe that worked out in our favor, because there was really not a, not a bad lineup at all.
1: Yeah, I think... Um... And that's based off of um the roby street entrance kind of like where the front side of st mary's is whereas the other gates were based off of like, coming off of english street where the bus if you were taking public transportation you would you would have got dropped off right there right across the street so that would make yeah. sense if or, that gate
2: would be i was gonna say or if you're walking from downtown you'd come across the other gates first this would have been a further gate away from the downtown area
1: yeah, exactly. Like me and me and another friend went to gate one. We came from St. Mary, or uh, Spring Garden Road. We were at your father's mustache before the event. So, um, yeah, walking down Tower Road, we're going right to that gate one. So that makes yeah. sense as well. Um, so, yeah, so I guess you came in for through gate three. Um, when you first walked into the set, what were your overall uh, thoughts on, you know, where things were located, uh, the setup for. For everything food options uh costs associated with um you know food and drink or even um swag like what were your thoughts overall thoughts on you know just kind of how it was set up
2: i thought it looked nice like i thought the the campus was was well set up for it um there was a lot of i mean everything was a little bit spread out but at, at first didn't feel too 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 busy um, I would say everything was expensive. I guess that's normal for a sporting event. The the merch I thought was particularly expensive. I would have liked to get some of it, but it was just it was too much. Um, and that was about it. It had a couple of beers. They were priced, I guess, what I would have expected. Um, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good environment. I would say I'll say that much. Like people seemed excited. There was a lot of people around, uh, but not too many. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah,
1: uh, so uh, how did you feel about, oh, let me get back to that. So uh, I also agree with you on um, the costs, um, Cost for drinks and swag was pretty high. Uh, I did get one hat and I think that was like $45. Uh, I can't recall, It must have been plus taxes on top of that too. And yeah, one beer was like 13 bucks. Um I'm not used to that cost uh, at all. Going to Moosehead Games, I don't think that they've hit that high, but I didn't go to a game last year, so I can't really um, speak on that for sure. But yeah, I did think that the cost associated with some things were pretty high. And um, uh, yeah, it just made things a little less, uh, I don't know if I would use the word copacetic, but like obviously you don't want to be spending a, a buttload of money on stuff so um but that, I guess that comes with a special event like that's in Atlantic but um yeah. so you said you got a couple of drinks uh had how had you find the lines for for those uh for all those do you think that they had enough uh facilities for different sections for getting a drink do you think they could have improved on that more uh better located uh yeah what well, we're thinking of uh of getting drinks and food like where they were at
2: um it's kind of an awkward shape of of the area that they had so everything did feel kind of spread out um which was kind of a problem because it seemed like some drink and food vendors were super busy those would have been the ones closer to the seating and then as you went further away there was a little bit the lines weren't as bad uh we kind of happened upon an area where you could get drinks relatively easily so that was nice but there was other spots where the lines were super long and they were they were to the point where they're in the way of some of the only ways to get from to to and from the seats so that caused some traffic traffic issues around the start of the game and at halftime and things like that which was a bit of a bummer
1: yeah i i heard complaints about uh, how long the lineups were for those drinks um from other people and uh, you you're right about where they were kind of situated behind the stands was they were essentially they were right behind maybe uh, at least 3 or 4 sections of seating so uh, everyone who wanted to get a drink and didn't want to have to walk a long way away, yeah, you're just standing in that line blocking everything else else off. Like that little section wasn't really, um, it didn't flow very well when people no. were standing in line. So
2: yeah, yeah I definitely. Exactly
1: right. that. Um, yeah, I guess another thing would be uh, kind of a washroom situation. Um, obviously, kind of important. You're drinking, you're eating, you need to go to the washroom. Uh, what were your thoughts on, you know, where the they were situated for uh, uh, for the event? Maybe just for like our section of seating.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've got a I've got a pretty decent sized bladder. I didn't even have to go the whole time, but I know that they were far away. I remember you went at one point, and obviously, you're a huge CFL fan, so you wouldn't want to wouldn't have wanted to miss a whole lot of game action. But they were at like you'd have to walk the whole length of the field and then some to get to the washrooms from where we were sitting. Um, and I don't think it'd be possible to really get there and back without missing at least 10, 15 minutes of the game just be- because of how far, were they- how far away they were and how hard they were to get to.
1: Yeah, the location for our section was horrible. Um, I Yeah, I was trying to rush because, yeah, you're right, I didn't want to miss any of the game. I wanted to choke everything up that I could. Um, and then, of course, you get stuck behind, you know, some people who are just, like, out on a stroll. Taking their time and I'm just like, I, I, I just need to go to the washroom like, excuse me. <laughs> so um, yeah, it definitely sucked for for our seating, which was the majority of the seats. Uh, and, and when you compare the other sections of the IP family zone and the party zone, you could clearly see their washrooms are literally in within their section. So if you needed to go, you are not far off from them. So having our section um with the thousands of people sit, sitting down um to go all the way down to to English Street where the food truck was and the tailgate was was definitely an inconvenience and I think that the uh, it was they need to improve upon that for sure but um yeah so the overall uh game so we talked about obviously tailgate washrooms food uh, what were your overall thoughts of the game? Like, did you did you think that the CFL delivered on a, a good atmosphere um, and a good game?
2: Yeah, I thought the game was fun. Um, obviously, we would have liked it to have been a, bit, a little bit more competitive. Um, it seemed like the Rough Riders just really, for whatever reason, didn't have it uh, that week. Um, and from my perspective, it seemed like Toronto... They kind of knew that, and they, they played fairly conservatively. I mean, they were up 21-0 at halftime, and so they kind of knew as long as they didn't make any mistakes, Saskatchewan wasn't going to get back in the game. Um, but, you know, from from Toronto's side, we did get to see an offensive touchdown, a defensive touchdown, and a special teams touchdown, so that's always fun to see. Um, and, and even Saskatchewan, they, 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 stayed, they stayed frisky right up to the very end of the game, but uh, it just never felt like it was particularly close.
1: Yeah, I think starting off the game with that um, uh, special teams return touchdown was uh, it definitely added some excitement to the game and uh, get the crowd right into it, excited right away. Um, Yeah, you're right. Toronto definitely didn't; they were almost playing not to like not to to beat them down as much as they probably probably could have. But yeah, I think uh, also Saskatchewan left some points on the board. They fumbled on the goal line, and they went for a a third down play in the end zone and missed. So, I mean, it could have been a lot more competitive. But, I mean, Toronto, I guess if you were basing it off of the standings where each team was at, um, it kind of ended the way that you kind of thought everything would have ended. But, yeah, outside of that, I think the atmosphere was really good. Both teams showed up really well. Um, What was your experience kind of seeing the Argonauts and the Rough Rider fans um, at the game? Like, were, were you kind of um, uh, caught off guard by the amount of people who came in for the game or kind of under, knew what to expect when you got in there?
2: Yeah, I, I was. I actually was surprised on how many people traveled, uh, how many fans from both teams traveled. It kind of seemed like they came from all over. There was a lot of blue jerseys. There was a lot of watermelon heads. Um, I was particularly impressed with the Rough Riders fans. <laughs> Uh, even though their team was kind of getting beat down and didn't wasn't showing a whole lot, uh, had some bad turnovers that sort of thing, but they, the fans were still in it. And they were still loud right up until you know Saskatchewan scored a, a garbage time touchdown, and you would have expected that they had just tied the game up because the fans were going crazy. So that was kind of nice to see. It helped keep people in into the game, even though it wasn't uh, particularly close. Um, yeah, I thought that was impressive. My hats
1: off to Saskatchewan fans for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the ability for like for them to fly from Saskatchewan, and I heard this the the night before the game at the Rough Rider party, the Riderville party at the Marquis. But I found out that they actually chartered a flight from Saskatchewan to Halifax uh, for the game. So I mean, like that's that's a diehard fandom that I would absolutely love. For a potential team here, I would love for our fan base to feel that exact same way about our local team. Um, so it's awesome to see it firsthand. Um, and I'm not sure, obviously, if a lot of people, uh, local fans, would have known that. Uh, and I think that that's like a a very important thing to take away from the Rough Rider fan. It was like chartering a plane is kind of a big deal. So. <laughs> um but yeah you're right like even in the end when they were getting beat down a little bit they still were super uh excited for the point that the team was putting on the board and uh you definitely got to commend them for that and and i was definitely caught off guard by the amount of argonauts fans that, that came in as well it was really nice to see um and they were decked out in a hot day they were wearing their uh i mean just like rough riders with their watermelon helmets but uh I saw a couple of guys dressed up as actual Argonauts, another guy with like uh, a suit jacket on and like a, a rubber thing on his head. Yes, it's cool to see diehard fans uh, coming in. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but did you see uh, fans from other teams around?
2: Um, there was a few random jerseys, but but not really. I didn't. I remember last year uh, during the touchdown Atlantic. I remember seeing te- the jerseys for every team. And it seemed like there was quite a few. I didn't notice that as much this year. It seemed like there was more. People were picking a side, either green or blue.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I think because we were at the tailgate early last year, we we definitely noticed it a little bit more. I, I noticed it, um this year. I might not have seen an Elks jersey, but. I'm almost positive. I saw pretty much every other team uh, represented there, Um, but yeah, I'm just drawing a blank on if I saw anyone from Edmonton. But yeah, just like uh, in Wolfville, they were. That's one thing. That's one great thing I find about the CFL is like you can go to the game in any jersey you want and uh, just rep rep who you love at any game, and it's not a big deal. Like people just love the CFL no matter where it's at. So um, yeah okay so i guess um what were your thoughts i think we talked about the actual the uh, actual game itself but there's one thing i wanted to kind of get your um opinion on um and that's the audio uh personally i found that there were some audio issues with um the announcing of like uh, who was running the ball who's catching the ball all that stuff and then the the commercial entertainment i couldn't quite understand uh, what they were saying i don't know if you had the same kind of uh uh, opinions on that, but yeah, what'd you think of the audio?
2: Uh, yeah, I would agree. It was terrible. We couldn't hear any of the announcing, couldn't hear any of the calls, really, uh, any of the, the halftime entertainment, you couldn't really hear what they were talking about. So that's something I think they definitely need to improve on. Um, it was kind of echoey, but also kind of quiet. Um, so th- th- that, that, uh, that, took away from the experience a little bit, especially when the, like the replay screen is so small in certain areas you you can't really tell what's going on from that either so you really rely on the audio to hear what what's happening with the game and a lot of the time you just couldn't
1: yeah i think that they putting a second replay screen or even one bigger one one smaller one up would be a a beneficial thing to have because obviously on those tight plays you want to see exactly what happened you can't really see all over the field but um yeah i think uh the audio issues were definitely a, a big thing for me. So kind of took away from the experience a little bit, but I'm not trying to be the super, uh, you know, super negative about everything. But there was just a couple of things I didn't really enjoy about it. But um, so yeah, I guess you took off a little early. Uh, what did you what was your experience like getting out of there with having all those people in the south end? Um, yeah, was it easy, was it um, hard? What, what did you think about getting out of there compared to uh, in Wolfville?
2: Um, yeah, I was kind of expecting the worst. I thought there was gonna be some some major traffic issues leaving. Um, so we left right around the time Saskatchewan had finished their last drive of the game and it seemed like it was, it was just a matter of running at the clock at that point for Toronto's. Um, and I must say like we parked on a side street close to the stadium because there's not a whole lot of parking lots and we had no issues whatsoever. Took about five minutes to walk to the car and we were, we were straight out of there even better than it would have been on a regular day during rush hour traffic. So that was really nice to see that, uh, you know, the, the, they, they can have major events there with a lot of people and you're not really going to feel it when you're trying to get downtown or, or leave the game. So that was nice. It was similar in Wolfville too. Like I was expecting really bad traffic in Wolfville. Um, but they did it in Wolfville in particular. They did a good job, like flowing the traffic a certain way, so that it didn't cause issues. Um, in Halifax, it didn't seem like they had to worry about it so much, but it was able to sort of naturally uh, accommodate that many that, that, that many cars.
1: Yeah, I've heard really positive things about um, getting out of Wolfville last year, and then I just heard one uh, negative complaint about it on. Um, at the Ryderville party, oddly enough. But, um, but yeah, I thought this year was uh, was pretty decent getting out. Um, obviously, I st- I waited around, uh, tried to get some high fives from some players and stuff uh, after the game. So, um, yeah, I thought getting it was pretty easy, but I let most of the, the crowd die down when it came to uh, before we left the stadium. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of surprising, I think, actually, when you think um, about downtown and the idea of anything downtown um how bad traffic is but at st mary's i guess you have so many different routes to get out if you really wanted to you could go down english street down to barrington up roby um go on the backside by uh i can't even think of a street name english turns on another street but loads of different ways you could have got out of there if you really wanted to and uh, yeah. i do like that they made um public transportation available to people for free leaving the game to, I believe it was Scotia Square Mall. So I just like that they they, they did that for uh, people attending the game. Might have been for everyone. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but, um, but yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, it was a really great thing to do and help to alleviate any kind of traffic issues after the game. So, um, so yeah, let's. Um, so overall, um, I can't remember if I asked this earlier, but yeah, what are your overall thoughts on like everything we talked about Uh, with Touchdown Atlantic this year and uh, maybe if you want to compare it to Touchdown Atlantic and Wolfville from last year.
2: Yeah I thought this year I I liked I'll say a couple things I really liked about St. Mary's is there was a lot of space to like hang out if you weren't in your seats Um, there's a lot of shade if it was getting too hot there was some natural shade from some of the taller buildings Um, so that was that was nice to have the atmosphere was really cool being right on the university um i thought the field looked great you could see everything from where you were sitting uh so that that was no issues um the only downside like we had kind of mentioned was there was a bit of a bottleneck trying to get anywhere from your seats um and it seemed like i don't i don't think we talked about this but there was it was kind of hard to see where you were supposed to sit and we could see a lot of people were having a hard time figuring out where their seats actually were which sections they were in um so that seemed like a bummer (laughs) Um, Wolfville did did a better job of having everything accessible, bathrooms, drinks, that sort of stuff, but they didn't have the shade. So where we were there super early last year, we were standing in the sun for a long time. Um, But the facility was a little bit more open and easier to get from point A to point B. One thing I really noticed that I appreciated about Halifax this year was I think the stands were a little bit further back from the field. So we were able to see the whole field. And Wolffield, they had the, the bleachers fairly close to the field. So any of the action that was on like the near sideline, we just couldn't see it. I think there was like a fight or a big hit or something that took place along the sideline closest to the bleachers last year. And we just couldn't see what happened. Um so it was nice this year to be able to see the entire field and have no issues from that, from that from like a point of view sort of thing.
1: Yeah, you're right. The our, our seating was a little bit further back so we do have to enjoy all that stuff and i think that they were a little bit lower to the ground to start um i wasn't we were too far from the front row last year but uh it definitely felt felt like the stadium seating where maybe started a little higher so that kind of blocked any issues like anything that we could see compared to last year Um, but yeah i think uh overall uh i thought the event in halifax went really well um I think that if you were to compare the two, obviously, both of them had you know good things and bad things. But seeing the facility and experience what it would be like in at St. Mary's gets me excited about you know the potential uh, of a team starting out at St. Mary's because I believe that facility now is going to be temporary permanent there for ten years is what I heard. So it's a starting point for a potential team here. And it's, uh, yeah, if they just approve upon it, just a little bit weak it, uh, I think it could make for, uh, you know, a decent starting facility. And, and you gotta obviously add another five, 6,000 seats uh, to make it uh, a permanent uh, setup for a CFL team. But that's one thing that we didn't really touch on. Did you see uh, at the facility, at St. Mary's, sections where they could have added more seating to expand it
2: yeah for sure i think i think uh you know it seemed it didn't seem like there were too many people for the facilities first of all it seemed like if you you know even though stuff was a little bit hard to get to you didn't have to wait too long to use the bathroom too long to get to get a drink like it wasn't crazy um the setup could have been maybe a little bit better. But then around the field, like, there was a lot of room where they could add extra seating if they wanted to. The VIP section was pretty small, which was one whole side of the field. Um, the end zone, one end zone was the party zone, obviously, and they had no seating on that side. But the other end zone only had, like, I don't know, six or seven rows of seats, and they could have had bigger bleachers there for sure. Um, and I spent a little bit of time watching from one of the end zones, too, right after halftime, and they were good seats. Like, you could still see the entire field, so. I think they could definitely squeeze some more seats in there uh, temporarily to make to make it to, to bring up the capacity a little bit.
1: I think that they could have taken full advantage of the, the tracks there. I mean, obviously, one side is the sidelines, but if they were to, there's, I definitely saw sections where you could add a couple, a couple stands here and there. But yeah, I didn't get a chance to see from another end zone. So that's cool that you had that perspective. Um, to see if there would have been a good spot for for more seating or or not, but uh, I think they might have been able to add a little bit more seating, make some adjustments to the VIP sections as well. I think that they, there was a little bit of uh, wasted space there. I didn't go over there to see. I was just looking from across the field, so. But yeah, I guess um, so overall, we both took away really good things from this event, but um, what would you say are maybe like one or two uh, adjustments that you would like to see the CFL uh, make to next season's Touchdown Atlantic, no matter where it's located, whether it's Moncton, Halifax, or Wolfville again.
2: Yeah, uh, the the first thing I would like is I, I would like them to to improve the tailgate a little bit better. I mean, we call it a tailgate; it's not really a tailgate. It's sort of like a pre pregame party. Um, but there's not a whole lot of reason to go like we went last year right when it opened and Wolfville, will fill and it was really fun for like 20 minutes and then after that it was a lot of just waiting for the game to start. They had a little bit of music, the, the beer vendors and the food vendors were open but other than that there wasn't a whole lot going on, uh, no activities or, or anything like that. Um, so this year didn't even bother to go uh, but heard it was kind of the same thing. Um, so it'd be nice if they had like an MC or something, some more activities, just a little bit more hype, a little bit more to get get people excited for the game so that they get down there early and sort of have the full experience of like a, you know, a CFL game day rather than just rather than just show up at game time and leave as soon as it's over. Um, and then the second thing is, I think I know last year they had the teams come down early and get into the community a little bit. They put on a couple youth football camps. It'd be nice if they did if they did a little bit more this year, maybe not necessarily the teams. It could be the CFL. It could be sponsors, anything just to get a little bit more hype leading up to the game. like we mentioned a little bit earlier this this year, the game just kind of came and went. And if you weren't at it, it would have been really easy to not even realize that it had happened in Halifax. like you could have it could have just been another day. So that'd be my two things., uh, maybe like a little bit more of a of a pregame party and then, maybe a little bit more to get people excited for the game in general and maybe get the kids the youth excited put on some stuff for them
1: yeah i actually agree with you on both of those points um the the mc would definitely add a little bit more of a fun atmosphere to tailgate um because yeah just like this year i mean it's a lot of waiting around for the game to start and it's yeah essentially just a pre-game party so yeah definitely improve upon that and then um I definitely agree with you on the. I guess it was kind of a two parter, the promotional aspect, because definitely driving around, you don't see any billboards or or flags or signs saying, hey, the CFL's here for Touchdown Atlantic and build up the anticipation uh, for the team, like for people in the city who might, you know, feel like, oh man, I should have got tickets. I'm missing out. Um, So I definitely feel like they could improve upon the promotional side of things, but also uh, at the same time, bring the, the players in earlier in the week and have those camps for the youth. I, I think last year they did that. Uh, I think they also had like a camp for women's football. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, like there's loads of different things that they can do to try to get the, the youth, especially here in Atlanta, Canada, because we don't have a team yet, get them involved more. So it would have been really nice to see, but yeah you touched on it earlier, maybe because of the bad weather we had and the flooding uh, uh, that it wasn't logistically possible this time around, but it would have been nice to see them do more just to get more involved, community involvement because I know the CFL teams across Canada, they're very community involved. So it would have been nice to see that a little bit more here uh, because we don't currently have a team. so yeah, and yeah, I think to add one to that, I would just say I'd love to see two different teams. I want to be exposed to as many players in person as I possibly can, because you know if we get a team here, there's going to be an expansion draft. You know I want to know some of these players before they they come to this team. So yeah, that's really my only other big thing. I would like to see them adjust as just a couple of different teams, even it was just one different team. But I know both both Toronto and Saskatchewan have a local maritime are on the team so it kind of makes sense to them to want to use that as a promotional tool but yeah i think uh all in all it was pretty good uh experience we got a couple of adjustments for next season yeah i think it's all pretty good man
2: yeah i had fun i hope they'll keep coming back because i even found like this year and last year just seeing them live I am, you know, finding myself watching the games a little bit more, getting more into the CFL. So I can imagine other people are like that, too. So having a bit of a presence here, coming back, hyping it up is only going to help, uh, you know, people here are excited at the prospect of maybe having a team already. But kind of seeing the product, seeing the event that goes around it, other than just, just the football game, kind of helps to... Uh, helps to bring some excitement and seeing the players like that's one of the big reasons I'm having a hard time catching on is I don't recognize any of the player names yet. I don't know their background. I don't know what they've been doing. I don't know any of that sort of stuff. So they're just teams and player names at this point, but seeing them live, all of a sudden you start to, you know, have some favorite players and then keeping an eye on them, watching them how they're doing to the rest of the regular season. So hopefully they come back and and the momentum keeps building.
1: Yeah. I can agree more. Like, I feel like there's there's a really great momentum right now. I think that the CFL needs to really keep the, the foot on the pedal and try to. I mean, Randy Ambrose said, uh, in an interview during halftime that they're in the red zone for an expansion team. So that's you got to couple that with the momentum that we've had in with these two touchdown Atlanta games, and uh, yeah, hopefully it uh, hopefully it all comes through. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like Enjoy that momentum and really kind of keep it going with it. But yeah, you're right. Uh, without knowing and being able to have those ties with certain players, it's definitely a little different. But yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows when when this thing might come to fruition and we might have uh, players of our own. Can't wait. All right, man. So um, yeah, thanks very much for for joining us. We'll leave it at that for now and i'll try to get you back on another episode
2: anytime all right so that's a
0: wrap on episode one again episode one of atlantic zone coverage so uh, i do want to apologize while editing this i came across some issues with some audio my headset uh it was coming kind of making a weird sound from time to time and then andrew's was also coming in and out of a uh, of volume so do bear with us as we deal with some of these growing pains from starting this podcast back up again but uh the plan is next episode discussing the potential ownership that is involved with this new uh 2023 atlantic schooner team and then um uh, We'll go from there. I'll tell you the next episode after that. But anyways, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed a discussion with Touchdown Atlantic. Stick with us. Hopefully uh, we have lots of good, positive information to come in the near future.